Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Gag, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Mary Ellen Novak. And I'm Kathy Marino Hi, Kathy. Thomas. Hi, Mary Ellen. How are you? <laughs> Great. <laughs> this week's show is about survivors of gun violence. We often ignore uh, survivors and we talk only about victims. Um, victims meaning people who have died from uh, gun violence, but... There's a whole nother section of folks that are now living with this, and uh, we're going to dig into that. It could be bit. gun violence victims. It could be uh, family. It could Absolutely. be bystanders. Absolutely. Everybody. Everyone that's affected. Yep. But first, we have the latest gun violence prevention news. Uh, yeah, that's me. Okay. Heavily armed gun rights supporters wearing orange Guns Save Lives stickers positioned themselves around the Virginia Capitol Square yesterday morning to pressure legislators to oppose sensible gun, gun control legislation. Governor Ralph Northam declared a state of emergency in advance of the rally for fear of violence by the armed militias. Advocates of safer gun control laws canceled the annual Martin Luther King Jr. vigil and advocacy day against gun violence because of what state officials termed credible threats of violence by outside militias. But gun control advocates found creative ways to persevere and participate during Lobby Day. For example, Every Town for Gun Safety and Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America mobilized more than 100 volunteers to make at least 2,300 calls to Virginia lawmakers, thanking them for supporting gun control legislation. Now, on a personal note, uh, Kathy, let me just remind everybody that the point is safer gun control. We're not going to come out and take all your guns away. Well... They're not going to do it. <laughs> not at first. Not tomorrow. I would personally like to see that be the end result. But, you know, that's a personal, personal view only <laughs> and not the view of this radio station. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> On Sunday night, a 25-year-old woman was killed and 15 people were injured in Kansas City, Missouri, when a gunman opened fire outside the Nine Ultra Lounge. Several hundred people were celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs AFC Championship and the team's first Super Bowl opportunity in 50 years. The Kansas Mayor Quentin Lucas said sun that Sunday night was a night people have been dreaming of for 50 years. They don't like they don't need to keep having disappointments like this. Kansas City Police Chief Richard Smith said motive for the shooting remains under investigation. This city will will never stand for this type of gun violence, Mayor Lucas added. We will continue to try to stop it before it starts and we'll make sure that any investigations we're bringing that will bring folks to justice. We've said a few times that is an epidemic of gun violence. We're losing too many lives. We have too many people shot each year. That uh, Mayor Lucas is one smart guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, the Church of Holy Cross in Pittsburgh hosted a gun buyback program yesterday in honor of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy of nonviolence. The church gave people $50 or $100, depending on the type of firearm. Parishioners, other, other churches in the Episcopal Diocese, and civic organizations budgeted and raised $5,100 for wow. yesterday's event, right? The church's senior warden, Sylvia Wilson, said, In the first 45 minutes, we actually ran out of money. Some people were just beginning to bring their guns in, and they didn't want to want the money. They just wanted to get the guns out of their homes. Fantastic. 
The church posted a sign on the door that when they ran out of the money that read, quote, the gun buyback response has been overwhelming. Thank you. We have run out of cash for this buyback. Sorry to turn so many away. You can still turn in your guns, though. At least 146 firearms were surrendered, which included 104 handguns, 42 rifles, and two AR-15s. Wilson added, it's very overwhelming, but it actually is, it actually is quite apropos for us because we were doing this to support or to honor Dr. King, who we consider the apostle of nonviolence. Who was, of course, a gunshot victim. Yes. Yep. A House Educating Subcommittee in Florida Legislature debated a law named in honor of Parkland victim Alyssa Adahef. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. If passed, the law will require every public elementary, middle, or high school building to be equipped with at least one panic alarm that can be triggered during a mass shooting. Once that button is a direct link to law enforcement. Once it's pushed, the silent alarm transmits information to 9-11 dispatchers and police, giving the callers the precise location, floor plan, and live video feeds of what's happening in real time. The alarms could look like the kind of panic buttons bank workers use, or they might resemble a radio pendant or a smartphone app. The law is already on the books in New Jersey, but the measure didn't pass the Florida legislature until last year because it didn't have a sponsor. This year, it does. Democratic state representatives Mike Gottlieb, Dan Daly, and Senator Lauren Book. Hooray for them. Alyssa's mother, Lori, who represents Parkland on the school board, said, The law is nonpartisan. It's not a Democrat or Republican. It's merely a layer of added protection in schools. She added that it's incredibly empowering to do this in Alyssa's memory, just knowing that her life, taken in such a brutal way, was the reason this new layer of protection exists and might save somebody else is just empowering beyond words. Thank you. So next we do every week an in memoriam. And this week, Alyssa Aldahaf was a 14-year-old freshman when she was shot 10 times at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on February 14, 2018. Alyssa was one of 17 victims who were killed that day by an ex-student who was armed with an AR-15. Alyssa was the oldest of Lori and Alan's three children and their only daughter. Alyssa loved the beach. She was gift. She was a gifted, creative writer and destined for law school. Alyssa played soccer on a local club team and her school's junior varsity team. The day before she died, her mother, Lori, said Alyssa had played the best game of her life. Everything came together for her in that game. All her soccer technique and skills were perfect. Everything she trained for her entire life was magnificent. In February 2019, one year after the massacre, Lori wrote a heartbreaking letter to Alyssa. Here's some of what she wrote. It's been a long time without you. So much has happened that I want to tell you about. I watch your brothers miss you terribly. They want you to know they are they miss fighting with you. They say thank you for convincing Dad to get unlimited Wi-Fi. <laughs> Dad fights for you every day. He is your voice. Grammy has honored you and became a school safety activist. We got a dog. Her name is Roxy, and she's a soccer player like you. She kicks the ball around the yard, but sometimes puts it in her mouth. And your soccer team, wow, what a group. They're wearing your number eight on their sleeves and have started using it sideways to honor you infinitely. 
I remember you. Grief washes over me, but that grief emboldens me to fight for change. I wish you could take all the bullets for you. It feels like yesterday. I just want you back. Love forever, Mom. That is... Uh, I could cry, man. Yeah. And Gosh. it's very appropriate as far as this uh, this week's topic because yep. of all those people are survivors. That's exactly right. Um, so thank you. So the letter was written by Lori Al-Hadef and uh, available courtesy of Dear World. So to read the letter in uh, detail or to see the photographs of Alyssa, the campaign name is hashtag Dear Alyssa on, again, Dear World website. As we said earlier, this week's show is about survivors, and we're focusing on a tragedy that took place during the month of February, specifically Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School tragedy on Valentine's Day, 2018. So up next, we have an interview that was recorded by StoryCorps in 2019 between a Marjorie Stoneman Douglas survivor, Maya Altman, and her mother, Robin Altman. I saw everybody running in every direction, and... In the blink of an eye, everyone was gone. I remember being thrown into the ROTC room, and I was told to go in the back, lay down, be quiet. So you didn't know yet? I don't think anybody really knew. I was on 10%, and Dad was texting me. He said, what's going on? I said, I don't know. Do you see police? I said, no idea. And he said, are you out of school? And then my phone died. And um, we were fighting that morning. I don't remember why. I remember being like, my mom's mad at me. And like, I'm never going to say I'm sorry. After the SWAT came into my class, they had us run with our heads down and our hands on our heads. And um, they're like, don't look to your right. Don't look to your right. And obviously, if somebody tells you not to do something and you're a bunch of teenagers, you're going to do it. And the doors were open and there were backpacks all inside and it was red and like everything was a mess. When you say red, meaning... Blood? Yeah. When I saw you and I was able to touch, feel, hug you, I remember just like not wanting to let go. What was your experience when you finally saw us? I didn't really think like, I'm so glad to see you. I just wanted to leave. And um, I remember we went home and I was texting Alyssa and I was like, where are you? Are you okay? And Alyssa never texted back. So I was just praying, please let her be okay. And um, she wasn't. How did you feel about sending me back to Douglas? I remember just feeling so uneasy. And you decided to go in by yourself. And I remember thinking how brave you were. I could talk to my creative writing teacher about things that I couldn't talk to you about because she understood everything. I mean, she got, she got shot. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you think the shooting affected your ideas for the future? I don't, I didn't really think about that. There was a possibility that I wouldn't grow up. You know, there was no possibility that maybe I, I might die at 15. But like, once I saw some of my friends did, it was just like, I have a life. I want to I want to do something to feel worthy. Seeing what you went through in this past year and seeing how you're sort of working through it even on the toughest toughest nights. It's I'm I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful and proud of you.
You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio WBAI. We're here every Tuesday evening at 6.30, bringing you the latest from the gun violence prevention movement. Tonight's show is about survivors of gun violence. So, yeah. That interview was amazing. I've listened to it a few times, and every time it gets me. What a heartbreaking thing. What a bag of mixed emotions to be so grateful that your child survived and so heartbroken that the others didn't. Yep. And just from uh, her point of view, uh, is that the victim's point of view, is that just every listener right now, think about who was the last person that you spoke with or you texted, and then also consider who you would actually call or text if you're in that situation, if you're hiding, if you're trying to seek shelter someplace, if there's somebody out there and your moments are numbered, you're not sure if you're going to survive, who would you contact? And you know what? Just do me a favor. Call them or text them later on after the show and just let them know you love them. I got to be honest. It'd probably be my wife, my baby, and my mommy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really have to talk to my mommy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um and, uh, yeah, it's uh, just a horrible situation. Horrible. It's just terrible. And it shows, you know, that even after the the incident, people live with the experience for the rest of their lives. Yep. So who do we have on the phone, Mary Ellen? So we have Giovanna, a member of Everytown Survivor Network, whose 14-year-old son, Jawan McDowell, was unintentionally shot and killed by another teen playing with a gun on April seventh, 2016, while visiting family in Savannah, Georgia, for spring break. So, uh we want to just introduce uh, Giovanna now. Hi, are you uh, are you on the call? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And uh, we wanted you to participate, uh, especially for this evening. For one, you can address the uh, issue as far as what happened with your son and the survivor. Uh, how you had have survived and honored him, but then also to explain the week that's upcoming in February. Uh, we have a very mm-hmm. special week that uh, every town is uh, working on. Yes, yes. So my name is Giovanna McDowell. Um, I am a gun violence survivor. Um, I didn't think that I was a survivor at first um, of gun violence um, because it was unintentional. And so, so many people were saying it's accidental. That doesn't count as gun violence. Um, you don't fall in that category. And so, I was so confused in, um, about what category do I fall in. Like, it was a gun involved, and how do I get, you know, get to that point where I'm really accepting that I am a gun violence survivor. And so I came across um, after Juwan was shot and killed April the 7th, 2016, while visiting family for spring break by another team playing with an unsecured firearm. That team was like a relative, a close um, family friend, um, my brother's stepson, actually, so you can say family. Um, and so I began to, I was watching the news one day and I saw another story that mimicked my story. And I said, no, I have to do something. You know, this is becoming too common for comfort. And I began to research and I told my husband, I said, I want to get involved with a gun violence prevention uh, measure or organization. And I came across Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, which led me to being a part of the Every Town Survivor Network. And also uh, the Be Smart program, um, which is a five-step program. It's five simple steps that both gun owners and non-gun owners can take to secure the safety of our children. And 
It's an acronym for the SMART. The S is secure all guns in your homes and your vehicles, making sure they're inaccessible, they're inaccessible to children. The M is model responsible behavior around guns, making sure that you're not cleaning a loaded gun with your children in a room or you're showing aggressive behavior around guns. The A is ask others about unsecured guns in their homes. You know, so often children go visit family during the holidays or they're home alone, and you want to make sure you're asking, are there any guns in the home and how they're stored? The R is recognizing the role that guns have in suicides um, because kids are impulsive, and they don't always think all the way from A to Z. And so they make choices that aren't always good choices, um, especially if they're having a bad day and a gun is in the home. Um, that increases the risk of them actually dying by suicide. And the T is what I'm doing now is telling others um, about Be Smart. And so to elaborate on what's coming up February the 1st through the 8th is National Gun Violence Survivor Week. And what this entails is tragically our gun death rate is 11 times greater than that of our peer countries, you know, and that's unacceptable. And so we want to put a human face to the American gun crisis, not just statistics. We want to actually raise awareness about this issue, and we want to help others that are impacted that feel like they may not have a voice or they may not fit into a category or anything like that. So we want to make sure that we have them connected to others that have experienced the same thing or have been impacted by gun violence. And so with the Gun Violence Week, this will be the second annual one that we're doing, and we're focused on sharing and amplifying the stories of gun violence survivors who live with the impact of gun violence every day of the year. Thank you so much for your story. Um, this is Kathy. I am Mary Ellen's co-host this evening. I don't know how someone could not consider you a survivor of gun violence. I am so sorry for your loss. Thank you so much for the information about Survivors Week. We will share that on our social media as well. Um, before we let you go, uh, what kind of way, other ways can folks get involved in Gun Violence Survivor Week? Okay, there's this, uh, the centerpiece is The Moment That Survives. It's a year-round digital storytelling site and a campaign in which Americans across the country share defining details of their experience. It's not to relive the trauma, but more so of um, just expressing how you feel and what it's done to you. Um, some people, they, if they read it, they'll understand the impact that it's had on your life when you went for myself we went from a family of four to an instant family of three. And trying to adjust and make that adjustment was the toughest and the hardest, um, and it was the most devastating year of our lives. And so by having the moments that survive, they can go online and actually share their story um, so that people can understand in everyday life the changes and the results of how gun violence has affected us, um, especially as survivors. Um, they can also get involved with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America and the Every Town Survivor Network. If they're looking to reach out and connect to someone that may have experienced the same type of gun violence, we have a lot array of people that have actually been impacted different ways. Um, you have suicide, and you have the unintentional, then you have mass shootings and things like that. And a lot of our survivors have experienced that. And so 
we have people that we can connect you with so you don't feel alone. I know at times it feels like at moments you may feel alone, but we have other survivors that can actually, you can actually talk to, reach out with, and so we want to actually promote that as well. Thank you so much, Giovanni. I really, you're just amazing. And uh, if you lived in New York, I would have pulled you in here. <laughs> you're <laughs> co-host with us. But uh, just two other things, just two comments from, you know, just what you had said is that, again, February, the first week in February is really what uh, what matters for this particular campaign because it, America's gun death rate is 10 times great greater than that mm-hmm. of our peer country. So that's what you had just mentioned. I just wanted to amplify that and make sure people heard that. And the other thing is just what you were saying, it's so important to put a human face to all of these uh, tragedies. So once again, thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to collaborating with you in the future. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Folks, that's momentsthatsurvive.org. Please take a look. Thank you. Uh, thanks. So another way that uh, our listeners can get involved and is to find out more about becoming a member of GAG. So please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us on Gaze Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram or GAG No Guns on Twitter. Another great way to get involved is by coming a du- becoming a WBAI buddy. So wait a minute. What's a WBAI buddy? <laughs> a buddy is someone who <laughs> keeps this unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small a donation every month. It- <laughs> and really, folks, it's just a modest monthly contribution. If you do go to be a WBAI buddy, please do it in the name of Radio Gag. Just go to WBAI.org or call 516 2-0-3-6-0-2-5-1-6-6-2-0-3-6-0-2. Don't forget, become a buddy in the name of Radio, Radio Gag. Gag. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, wait, you're also welcome to join us at our meetings right here in New York City. Uh, we meet every other Thursday at 7 p.m. at the LGBT Center in Manhattan on 13th Street. Our next meeting is January 30th, uh, and we'll be planning all kinds of great actions and fabulous demonstrations. So please <laughs> join us. Everybody is welcome. I mean, everybody at any and all gag events. And yes, again, everybody, I'll even save you a seat right next to me uh, and Kathy <laughs> now, as well. Now it's time to finish the show with our Ooh, hell yeah. This is my favorite part. I know. When we're <laughs> celebrating some of our favorite sheroes and heroes of the week. And I've got a good one. Ooh, Go for it. Hell yeah to all of the gaggers who participated yes. in the 2020 Women's Marches Woo! we represented in D.C. and New York oh City. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. A big hell yeah to all the GVP advocates who persevered during yesterday's Lobby Day despite intimidation tactics. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah to all survivors of gun violence. We hope our show honored your stories and perspectives. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. And I think that's pretty much it. Kathy, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to co-host with you. <laughs> Don't forget, yeah. you, can, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We will leave Hell you with yeah. our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, singing McConnell. Oof. McConnell, keep spinning your crime. We're sick of your slime, now it's over. Mitch McConnell, we're done with your sleaze. We'll cure this disease, you are through. Mitch McConnell, we're breaking your grip. 
We've taken your trip, now it's over. Mitch McConnell, run off with your lane. You might try Ukraine, you are through. You are through. Bye-bye.